Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 98 of the podcast that was originally recorded on January 6th of 2016. Some of the things I talked about. I had a little discussion about Day and some of the changes that they're doing that they announced a couple of weeks ago. I talked about the Oculus Rift, which is actually going on sale today to the public and not just a developer kit. I talked about some of the things I'm looking forward to in 2016. Talked about a few of the games I played, Seven Days to Die, Project Cars, Darkest Dungeon, Dragon Ball Z, Doken Battle, as well as Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. And then, of course, I talked about a few of the games I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to episode 98 of the podcast. Hey, thanks for joining me this evening. Send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. We also have a guild now on Board Game Geek. On Board Game Geek, just do a search under guilds for what I'm playing now. You can do a search for face on Facebook for what I'm playing now as well. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. And then of course our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey, I'd like to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for joining me in this new year of 2016 and my first podcast for 2016. I'd like to apologize for missing last week, but my mother-in-law has been in and out of the hospital this holiday season, and the past couple of weeks have just been completely crazy for my wife and myself. I haven't had a chance to play many games. I've only made it down to my local game store, I think, once, and that was just to pick up Stockpile, which is a game I've been waiting for quite a bit. I haven't had a chance to play there in a couple of weeks now, so I'm hoping tomorrow, which is Thursday, which is my normal board game night down there, that I will be able to get in a few games and I will be taking Stockpile with me as I read through the rules the other night, and I think I have an idea of how we're going to play this, so hopefully we can give it a shot and hopefully a couple other people down there want to give that one a go. So we're going to be all over with this podcast as far as what the conversation is going to be about tonight. One of the things I wanted to discuss in last week's podcast was a little bit about some of the changes that Asmodee made in their Asmodee North America business that they started up. So let's jump into this and I'm going to give a little bit of my opinion on what Asmodee is doing, what they did, and what they are going to do here in the future. So it appears that basically Asmodee North America is going to be the distribution end, while Asmodee Publishing, Days of Wonder, and Fantasy Flight Games will be the publishing studios that are going to basically be creating the games for that company. It also sounds from the document that they had sent out there's going to be five authorized distributors in the U.S. There's going to be ACD Distribution, Alliance Game Distributors, GTS Distribution, Southern Hobby Distribution, as well as PhD Distribution. Also, retailers are going to be able to purchase directly from Asmodee North America if they would like, and starting in April, authorized distributors of Asmodee, I'm just going to say NA going forward, will be restricted to selling to specialty retailers that have agreed to those Asmodee NA policies by selling the products in physical retail locations. And it also appears that selling online will be prohibited. Now, it seems that there will be a couple of online stores that will be getting the blessing from Asmodee to sell online. My guess is some of those will probably be Cool Stuff Inc., as well as Miniature Market and probably some others. Those are probably the bigger ones that everybody is familiar with, in the U.S. at least. It's kind of interesting that they're actually doing this by cutting down their distributors. I believe I had mentioned, probably in one of the earlier podcasts, that I had actually worked for a distributor, oh, 20-some years ago, back in the heyday of Magic, and then I had actually was a part owner of a retail store 20-some years ago, back in the heyday of Magic. 
And I actually remember when Wizards of the Coast actually cut out all of their smaller distributors and cut down their distribution chain to basically just a few of their largest distributors. We were one of the ones that had gotten cut back then. I can kind of understand why Wizards of the Coast did it. And at the time, everybody thought it really sucked. And everybody thought that magic was going to basically just go away and be a dying breed. And here we are 20 years later and Magic the Gathering is still quite popular, I am sure, at most of your local game stores, as well as most of your high schools, colleges, and any place else where people are able to sit down and play a game of cards. I, for one, am actually very surprised that Magic has lasted through the past 20-some years that it has probably been out. I knew it was a good game when I was playing it back and when it had first come out. I did not think that it would have the stability or the, the longevity and the legs that it currently has. When I'm down at my local game store and I see the large group of people that normally are getting together on a several day a week basis to sit down and play Magic like I used to do 20 years ago when the game had first come out, um, it really surprises me that people are really still into that card game. When Wizards of the Coast did what they did 20-some years ago with distributors, it didn't affect their bottom line. It didn't affect their sales. They are doing something a little different than what Asmodee is doing. It's not the exact same thing, but it's 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 reminiscent of me. And the first the first thing I thought of when I actually read about Asmodee was actually thinking back to those days of working with Wizards of the Coast as a distributor. So I know there's a lot of people out there who are thinking online prices are going to get higher. They're going to quit buying Asmodee games, and you're and there are going to be people that will do this. I, for one, will probably still continue to purchase Asmodee games. I purchase a lot of my games at my local game store. I don't purchase everything there, but I purchase probably 75% of the games that I do purchase at my local game store, mainly because I do a lot of my gaming down at my local game store. So I figure things are a little bit pricier than I, you know, it, that's basically the price for me playing there and having a nice, clean establishment with a really nice staff. It's a really well-lit store. It's doesn't smell, it's extremely clean, and it's just a very nice environment to play games in. I probably wouldn't have played 95% of the games that I've currently played in the past couple of years if I actually wasn't going down to this game store, and if I had to go someplace else, I probably wouldn't be able to get the amount, still probably wouldn't be able to get the amount of games in that I play, mainly because I just do so many games, I play so many different games down at my local game store. So I'm, I'm kind of bummed that they would do something like this, but I understand why. And the reason I think is Asmodee is basically trying to push a lot of their Asmo play stuff, which is something that they had started this past year in 2015, and that's a lot of their organized play materials. It appears that the local game stores are going to be the only ones, and I don't even think you can get that stuff online before, so I don't think that's changed. But they're, I think they're basically just trying to support the local game stores that are supporting their products and pushing their products and teaching the people to play their games. And I know there's a lot of people who don't have a local game store close to them, and that kind of stinks that you're, you probably feel like you're the ones being targeted the most by Asmodee and the most by this. But my guess is that Asmodee is looking at this, that those people are the minority. They want to try to push their organized play. They want to try to get more people together in a location to do their, to do their organized play stuff and actually play their games in a more organized fashion, kind of like what Wizards of the Coast does with a lot of the Magic tournaments. So it to me, it almost seems like Asmodee is almost following some of the steps that Wizards of the Coast took years ago when they were trying to organize a lot of their stuff. And it just sounds like Asmodee is going to hopefully be 
successful at this. And hopefully prices aren't going to be that outrageous for people who don't live close to an online or don't live close to a local game store and still have to purchase their stuff online. So we'll have to wait and see how this really all falls out. But I at least wanted to touch base on this a little bit since I did have a little bit of history of working in the industry before. It wasn't for a very long time. I had only done I had only worked in the industry for a couple of years. But let me say that during that couple of year time frame, it was while I was younger and it was while I was learning quite a bit. And I will say that I had learned a lot while doing the business aspects of things that back then when I was doing those. So let's also jump into a little bit of different other news this week before we start jumping into what I'm playing now. One thing, one other thing I wanted to touch on was the Oculus Rift was actually pre-orders went on sale today. And it went out for a price tag of $599. And I was following a couple of different forums and on Facebook and on Twitter. And people were saying it's out of their price range, especially when you need a high-end computer to play. And for a lot of people who are heavy into PC gaming like myself, we pretty much have computers that can kind of handle the specs. We're the ones that spend the three to $400 on video cards, make sure our CPU and memory and everything is pretty much as fast as it could be so we can play some of these games. And I think like I've mentioned before, I believe my PC now is probably more powerful than the current generation of consoles like the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. So when I saw the price tag of $599, I kind of figured mm, that's kind of what I was expecting it to be at. Right now, this is going to be a high-end gaming product. It's something that is going to have a premium price tag on it. Any new technology that's actually released is normally higher than what it, it will be in 6 to 12 months as far as the price goes. We can pretty much see this. Probably if you're following along any of the things that are going along at CES right now, the Consumer Electronics Show, you'll probably see that any of the newer TVs or anything new that's coming out technology-wise is usually very overpriced at first. And this is just another one of those technological marvels. And even though this could be the actual production run that they're putting out, and you can say, well, they've had two other kits before come out, those were development kits. And I really won't look at those as being a, a possible comparison for the retail price of an actual product that is being released to the public and being sold more than to just what are, was supposed to be sold to developers. So keep in mind those initial two versions that came out were just what they were referring to as Oculus DKs, the development kits, and it wasn't really a true, true public release of the product. So the $5.99 price tag, while a lot of people may think it's high, I think that's pretty much set and pretty much not a bad price for the technology that you're getting. I will not be able to purchase one on day one myself. That is a little pricey for me, but I am looking forward to the next maybe six to eight months or possibly at the latest next Christmas, probably getting one of these things and getting it in here and seeing what it all does. It's going to be extremely hard for me to actually sit out of the VR field and race that long, especially for as much as I've been wanting one of these products. But I'd also kind of like to see what else is going to be coming out here this year, especially with what Sony's going to be doing with the PlayStation 4 VR kit that we know is possibly out there and hopefully maybe going to be released. I don't think I'll be looking too much at the Vive, which I believe is the one that was being put out by Samsung, especially since that's going to require a phone. I'm not really too sure I want to get locked into a Samsung phone. As I said before in a couple of podcasts, I'm kind of looking forward to possibly getting a Nexus phone. So I'm not really too sure I want to go down the Samsung route and go that one. But we'll have to see what happens with the Rift and how it sells. I'm sure this first run is probably going to sell out or come very close to it. It'll be interesting how fast they can produce these and how much of a demand there is, especially at that price, since it is a little bit pricier. 
but I wouldn't say that it's pretty much completely out of the realm that they're trying to screw over everybody that didn't purchase the development kits or anything. So my two cents on the Oculus Rift, I'm hopefully going to be getting one. Like I said, sometime within the next year, we'll have to wait and actually see. If I can't get one, if the price doesn't drop maybe in six to eight months, I'm definitely going to have to start um, finagling the wife for a Christmas and birthday combo gift, I have a feeling. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So one of the other things I wanted to talk about, since it is 2016 now, I really don't normally do a game of the year, but I did play a lot of good games. But one of the things I wanted to talk about for actually 2016 is some of the games I'm actually looking forward to. There was a really great post where people are voting on some of the games they're looking forward to on Board Game Geek. And I made a list of kind of like 15 games I think I have here. And I went through that list twice and I added had added a couple more to my list. And I'm sure I probably missed one or two that I'm probably interested in and maybe just didn't read enough about it or spend enough time looking at it to see. But let's go over a few of the games that I'm kind of looking forward to coming out this year. One of the first ones that was on the list that I had come across, of course, was Scythe. I had backed this on Kickstarter, so of course I'm looking forward to this one. Who wouldn't be? It sounds like it's going to be a really good game from Stonemaier Games, and I think it's just going to be super cool. Gloomhaven appears to be another one that's on my list. This one, I've seen a little bit of Rado's run-through, and it appears to be more of a, almost like a role-playing type of game. That's from what Board Game Geek is saying. It's kind of like um, tactical combat and things. Just the look of this game looks really interesting so far, and I'm I'm kind of, even though it was on Kickstarter, I didn't back it. I was watching it on Kickstarter, and I have a feeling I will be picking this one up when it actually comes out into release. Trove Crystal Caverns was another one that I had actually backed on Kickstarter this year, and I'm looking at this list to see if there's any more I actually kickstarted, because I don't do a lot of kickstarting, but it seems like several of the ones on my list for 2016 were actually things I kickstarted. So Trove Crystal Caverns, I had actually had Patrick Leader on the podcast several months ago where we talked about this game, and this one sounds really intriguing to me, and I'm hoping that they can actually pull this one together and get this shipped out this year. Time Stories Prophecy of Dragons. I will be looking forward to every Time Story release that they have coming up each quarter, probably for the next year, because my wife and I still have yet to finish that darn first episode and first scenario, which we haven't had a chance to get through yet. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Apocrypha, Lone Shark Games. Who is not looking forward to this one? I'm a huge Pathfinder card game fan. This is right up my alley. Mike Selinker is making this one, and I actually back this one on Kickstarter as well as well as the next one, Zombicide Black Plague. But this one kind of surprised me that it was on the list, and I kind of understand why they kept it there. Because even though all the Kickstarter backers have received their copy of Zombicide Black Plague, and I've actually kind of played it in 2015, it's actually not set for a release, a public release at least, until 2016. So I believe that's one of the reasons why it is actually kept on the list for 2016 on BoardGameGeek. Tyrants of the Underdark, I believe this one is the next Dungeons & Dragons games that's coming out, their board game, and this almost seems to be a deck builder of sorts, as well as having a couple other mechanics in there that just sound really cool. Vinhost Deluxe Edition, I've talked to a bunch of different guys at my game group about Vinhost, I want to actually play this game. And I'm, I think one of the reasons why this is on my list, because I'm kind of tired of missing the Deluxe Editions, like I've missed Orleans and a couple other ones this year. And the deluxe editions of these games are just looking so good. Vinhos is something I definitely want to play. I've heard it's supposed to be a little bit on the heavier side than what Viticulture is, but I'm still kind of looking forward to playing this one. And if it's as good as I'm hoping it is, I will probably be actually getting the deluxe edition then rather than the normal one. 
Pathfinder Adventure card game is Mummy's Mask is next on the list. This is another game. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a big Pathfinder Adventure card game fan. We actually played some this past week, which I will be talking about under the what I'm playing now part of the show, which we're going to be getting to here shortly. I actually did. I had forgotten. I actually went down to my game store and actually played that a couple of days ago. I made it another once, I think, in the past two weeks, two, three weeks. So Crossmaster Quest, this was a game that I've been looking forward to since I had actually heard about it. I actually played in a Crossmaster tournament down at my local game store. So I do have a few Crossmaster figures, which I believe are supposed to be compatible with the Quest game once it comes out. This one sounds like it'd be something right up my wife's and I alley. So I was really looking forward to this one coming out in 2015, but it appears to just keep being pushed. And hopefully 2016 will be the time for its release. Automobiles is a game of bag building, from what I understand. This one appears to be something that I would probably enjoy as well. Grand Prix is another game that's on the list. I believe this game is supposed to be similar to Thunder Alley, but this is going to be more of a Formula One type racing, which is definitely something that I prefer over Stock Car. So I'm kind of looking forward to that one. Orleans Invasion is the expansion for Orleans, and while that does have a release date on Borging Eve of 2015, and it was still on this list because I don't believe it's had a U.S. release yet. One of the last games that I had actually seen on the list after I went through it a second and third time was Tiny Epic Western. I've actually seen a few videos on this one, and I have a feeling that my wife and I will have a very good time with Tiny Epic Western. I've played a couple of the Tiny Epic games so far and really like them, and the Western one, I think, being poker-related, is going to be something that will be right up our alley as well. So those were, I think, around 15 games that I'm really looking forward to in 2016. I'm sure there's a lot more on this list that I was going through on BoardGameGeek that I kind of probably pull off and actually talk about, but those are the ones that kind of caught my eye. Oh, and I had actually missed one in looking at my list a second time, and that is Victorian Masterminds. This is being put out by Eric Lang and Antoine Bauza. This one appears to be a game where you're playing as, not as Sherlock Holmes, but Sherlock Holmes is dead, and basically you're trying to just wreak as much havoc in London as you can. So I saw a little video from BGGCon where they interviewed Eric Lang and he was talking about the game, and in watching that video, I just figured this game looks like something that I will have to have in 2016, so I'm hoping he can get that game wrapped up and get that released to us so we can actually play that one this year, because from watching his video and the way he sounded and was talking about it, I think that one looks really cool as well. So those were the games, now that we've come to the end of the list. I'm just going to double check here. Yes, I did not miss any this time, and I can't believe I had skipped that one when I went through that list the first time. Alright, so those are some of the games that I'm kind of looking forward to in 2016. And that's, I didn't do that under the what I want to play now section because these are games that haven't been released yet. And I have a list of games under my what I want to play now section, which we'll talk about after I talk about a few other games here that I actually have in-house here that I'm looking forward to playing. So we'll get to that in a few minutes though. Let's jump into what I'm playing now. So I've continued to play a little bit of Seven Days to Die and I'm having a pretty good time with that. My wife hasn't had a chance to join me yet and I've actually survived a couple of the Seven Night big hordes that have been released and have actually tried to destroy my wall around my encampment. I've gone around and I will say that the the seed that I'm on, I'm having trouble finding actual towns and stores and things to loot other than basically just wilderness and a few random houses here and there. So I know the one place where there's a decent sized town is in one of the more destroyed parts of the of the map. And it's one where I will basically probably just have to go there 
probably buck-ass naked, I have a feeling, try to just have plenty of the red tea with me to drink to keep my the heat down in the game because it's it's in a very hot area. So that will be extremely fun to try to get through without being able to wear armor and to just try to get through that. So I haven't had a chance to play that too much, but I'm still playing that. One of the games I picked up during the Steam sale, I had actually picked up a couple of games during there. The first one that I picked up was Project Cars. I Yes, I actually got to play Project Cars, and I'm actually having a pretty good time with that game so far. I'm playing through the career mode. I'm still doing the kart races. I've actually finished the first season, which I think is 150cc, and I actually moved up to the 250cc race, and I'm actually just about almost through with that one. I've done a, I was, I've been doing actually fairly good in the game. I'm playing with a 360 controller. I've actually was invited to a couple other races, within my career so I actually got to drive a Focus and um, another car I can't remember which one the other one was so I've driven more than just the carts I like the game I will say it's probably not perfect but it's actually better than some of the other racing games I've played recently sometimes it feels like my car is handling perfectly and I've got great grip other times it feels like I'm almost skating on ice and my car is just sliding all over the place I think it's just going to take me a little bit more a little bit more time to spend with the game to get a feel for the cars. So far, I will say the graphics on the computer look great. I have the graphics cranked up. Um, I think I have pretty much everything full as far as um, graphics goes. So I can't really complain about that. I'm not noticing any slowdowns. Every now and then I'll notice a little hitch maybe, but it's it's very minimal and it doesn't happen that often. So I can't really say that the, my computer is not able to handle the game. It seems to be running fine. So I'm going to continue playing that one and have a little bit more fun with that. One of the other games I actually revisited this past week was a game called Darkest Dungeon. I had talked about this one months ago, and I haven't played it in a while, and it seems like they've actually expanded the game quite a bit. They've added a lot more things to it. I made it through several dungeons, and then I hit one where I just pretty much my whole party just about wiped, but I got away. And then I hit another one where my pretty much whole party just wiped, and I didn't get away. And it seems that... For five minutes, I thought the game was actually balanced, and then I realized, nope, it appears to not be balanced, but I've seen some other people playing the game on Twitch and have some very large bank accounts, and their characters are leveled up. I think I just need to spend a little bit more time with this game, and I think what I probably need to do is something I hadn't thought of before while playing it until after this last time is stick in, try to stick in some of the lower-end dungeons and just grind through those and level up some characters and try to get all of their ailments basically away and removed and just try to level up a couple characters get better weapons and armor on those characters and try to unlock more of the different um, crafting abilities in the game I guess you could kind of say I guess that's kind of a stretch because you do have an armor smith and a weapon smith and I hate to say there's crafting in the game but you can unlock things to where they will give you benefits so it's you're not really crafting items in the game but you're able to purchase things so so I'm going to have to probably spend a little bit more time with that, but the other night I noticed that when I had actually tried to fight one of the first early bosses in the game, I got to the boss and was quickly annihilated, and I thought I was ready for him, and obviously I wasn't. So well, let's jump over to a board game that I played this past week, and like I had mentioned before, I played some of the Pathfinder Adventure card game. It was only me and one other one of my other companions. Um, Everybody else was still busy with the holidays, so we actually played through an old scenario that he had actually missed, as well as a newer one, just to try to get our characters a little more well-rounded out. I was actually able to add a newer weapon to my deck and round out my character a little bit more. Really looking forward to hopefully finishing up the season, the Wrath of the Righteous season here that we have going on here. I have a feeling it's still going to take us a couple more months because we're just about probably halfway through the season right now as we're just getting into the third scenario set. So we still have about halfway to go. I'm glad that the next one is delayed 
So hopefully that will be delayed just long enough for us to finish this one and then hopefully get a group together again and continue on with the next one. And then for the last game that I will talk about, I've still been playing a little bit of the Dragon Ball Z Dokken Battles. That is my little guilty pleasure that I've been playing on my phone for the past couple of weeks. Every now and then I'll just log in, play through one little fight, and then log off. I don't really do much more than that. For some reason, I don't know why, it's just kind of neat leveling up the Dragon Ball Z characters. I guess it's just a sickness I have, and I'll, I may need to get help in 2016 for that. But let's jump into what I want to play now. So one of the other games I had purchased with my with some Christmas money and some birthday money on Steam during the Steam sale was The Witcher 3. I haven't started this game. I still need to finish Fallout 4, and I'm going to really try to get to that this weekend and just try to knock out those last 8 to 10 hours that I hopefully have and can finish that game up and then maybe get to Witcher 3 and see how that's going. And then, of course, I have several board games that my wife was very gracious in getting me for Christmas. I can't thank her enough for all of the stuff that she had gotten me. I was so surprised when I was opening everything up. She had gotten me all the expansions to Eldritch Horror. She got me Blood Rage, Mage Wars Academy, Orleans. She got me the Marcy Files, which is an expansion for Time Stories. I picked up Favor of the Pharaoh, as well as Codenames picked up Stockpile, and then she had also gotten me Red 7, which is a little card game I had played a long time ago. So I have a lot of games in my house that I have opened. I've punched most of them. I need to sit down and start reading the rules. The one game I started concentrating on is Stockpile. So hopefully, like I said, I'm going to be able to get through that tomorrow at my game store. I know I've already gotten an email from my game store, and they've informed me that Mule is in, so that will probably be the one that I will be working on the following week. And then I also have a pre-order for A Study in Emerald, which is the game that's being that was put out. Um, this is going to be the second edition, and it was actually written by Neil Gaiman. I'm a huge fan of his, so that's another one that was on my list immediately, and I had to get. So those are the games I want to play now, and I have a lot. So going into 2016, there is not going to be a slowdown in the podcast as far as what I'm playing. Hopefully everybody in the house here can stay healthy and I can continue doing these podcasts on a weekly basis because I really enjoy it. So I will say thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me in 2015. Hopefully you're looking forward to a really fun 2015 with me. I know I'm looking forward to doing a lot with games. I'm going to try to do some more with the site. I've been messing around more with video. I had talked about starting that before and I just haven't had a chance and that's one thing I want to expand to in 2016 which is doing more videos and start getting those out the door. So we got a busy road ahead of us. So let's finish this podcast, get this edited, and then start doing some work. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. But as always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. Join me in the board game group guild that I've created. Just do a search for what I'm playing now under guilds on Board Game Geek. You can also do a search for what I'm playing now on Facebook and follow me on Facebook. Google Plus is plus.google.com slash the plus sign, What I'm Playing Now podcast, and then of course our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash What I'm Playing Now. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me on my first podcast of 2016. Hopefully you will enjoy many more of my podcasts in, in the year throughout the year and a lot of the games I'm going to be discussing because, like I said, I have a list of games here that I'm ready to play and I just can't wait to get them to the table. So hey everybody, go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Thanks a lot everybody. Have a great week.